podcast, I'll just start off by saying welcome, everybody, to the first episode of FanWith, the FanBite Media Podcast, where we talk about fandom and mostly video games, but not just video games, not all the time anyway. Uh, I am, at least for this week, your host, Stephen Strum, uh, managing editor at FanBite. Uh, this week I have with me Merritt Kay. Hi, I'm also managing editor at FanBite. <laughs> we share the title, it's fine. We do. You take not- it on odd days, I take it on even. Right, right. Yeah, it's just like, you know, having kids. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Skiffington, that's your last name. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got Can it. Can I just you say, yeah. I don't think I've said this yet. You have an incredible last name. <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's very <laughs> powerful. When I first started writing, people thought it was like a, this, like my writing name. I was like, no, that's actually, actually my name. So. My God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you know what it is? But, is it like, is it German? What is that? Uh... Well, I, I I think my family is technically from like Scotland. Scotland, okay. Uh, yeah, if you go, I think there's a family crest if you go back far enough. Oh really? But yeah, you have a family crest. <laughs> what? If you go back far enough, yeah. Okay, I mean, okay, wow, Stephen, <laughs> does your family have a family crest? Because also Strom is like it's you know one letter off from Storm. Mm-hmm. It um, is. Is Stephen Storm? Is there a Stephen Storm, or just I'm Susan sh- Storm? If you count the fact that every telemarketer who has ever called my, me in my entire life has referred to me as Stephen Storm, then there is one. Uh, 100%. Uh, there is no Marvel character called Stephen Storm. I definitely thought there was, but... No, yeah, Sue Storm. <laughs> Stephen Storm is the real 63 Sue Storm. Right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It's. Uh, I do appreciate the, the good uh, uh, alliteration of my name. I always have... But, uh, yeah, so this is a podcast. We are technically um, on our second episode. We did a first episode. Well, technically, this is our third episode, but there will be one other episode in the feed, which was a recorded many moons ago, and you can probably still listen to it because we used it to see the RSS, but this will be kind of our real, real first episode uh, where we talk about all kinds of different things uh, as part of the Fanbyte Media Group or whatever we're actually called. And uh, we're going to be coming back here every week to kind of discuss more and more things about in, the, in and around the world of games and fandom and culture and stuff like that. Um, yeah, for right now, we're mostly just structured like a regular old video game podcast, though, which means that I'm opening up with kind of uh, how you guys been this week. You know, how's uh, how you been doing? What you been playing? What you been reading? Watching? Experiencing? <laughs> That's a lot of things to cover. Meditating on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like everyone's uh, playing Apex lately. I, well, not me personally. I've, I only played it this afternoon just to get some get some rounds in before the start of this. And sure. My, my first one, my first round was pretty good. Survived for like 13 minutes, and then my next two, I died within like 30 seconds. So you know, typical battle royale stuff. Yeah, sounds about right. It sounds like almost um, exactly like what my experience has been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's every, every battle royale anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've been playing that. I, I actually played slash watched a lot of the Anthem demo because I played it when the Origin Premiere Access or whatever was live. Right, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. this past week on the first or whatever, John streamed it uh, for Fanbyte, so I was there watching him, so I got to experience it all over again. Yeah, it sounded like you were actually kind of uh, sick and tired of <laughs> experiencing it at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I... I, I... I, I enjoy the concept of a lot of things, but I'm anxious to get my hands on the actual game because obviously demos are a little... It's, it's just a vertical slice, so there's not much depth there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it sound. Did you enjoy it? Did you actually have fun? 
Oh, did I have fun? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like if that's something you have to think about, then the answer is probably no. <laughs> I didn't want to keep playing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's but, pretty but definitive. I'm, you could just say you didn't like it. I mean, it hasn't turned me off. I still want to play it when it comes out. I want to give it a go. But Okay. Yeah. Did you get to the one of the other character classes? That was one big thing I kept hearing was that they start you off with, like, not even... Not even the most boring class, but like a starter version of the most boring class, and then they eventually unlocked all the others. Yeah, yeah. Now they start you off with like the generic all-around kind of guy, and ranger? eventually, if you play long enough, yeah, the ranger, you can unlock the colossus, which is like the tank, the interceptor, which is like the fast, up close, and personal ninja thing. Yeah. Uh, or the storm, which is like the long-range caster. And then um, there's another but... version of the ranger too that like has oh, is there? better stats and different abilities. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the no, one I, they started with that is far. even worse. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't get that far. I, I basically got to the screen, which is like, thanks for playing the demo, and then I stopped. Oh sure. And um, if you played so. earlier too, I don't think they unlocked that stuff until later. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I also played the anthem demo um, and did get to at least uh, unlock the uh, get to unlock a new class. It was like kind of they give you a token once you reach level twelve, and they start you off in the beta at level ten, and. Uh, unlocked the colossus very shortly and it actually did give me a lot of hope for the final game because the colossus was very 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 different than the ranger and that's the kind of like difference in gameplay styles that i really want to see specifically it was like all the other classes in anthem for the top level version of this for people who might be listening and somehow don't know which i am given to understand there are people who don't know what every video game is um Anthem is the new Bioware game, the makers of Mass Effect, uh, Andromeda, famously, uh, their most popular video game. <laughs> well, I mean, who can forget about Jade Empire? Who can forget about uh, Sonic the Dark Brotherhood? These are the Bioware <laughs> hits in this universe. <laughs> right, yeah. We're in, the, we're in the bright timeline, you know. We're transmitting to you live from the world where influencers aren't uh, pretending to have brand deals. Um... Yeah, so the uh, kind of the general, uh, the top level version of this is uh, that it is Destiny with mech suits uh, and jetpacks, and you fly around doing very Destiny-like things, collecting loot and shooting enemies, and then you use your you use that loot to power up your mech suits, and the different mech suits are all basically different classes, and the all of those classes that I saw anyway were they had like very traditional kind of health shield system like very Halo 2 like where it's you have um, shields that regenerate over time and health that you heal by uh, picking up pickups uh, but the Colossus doesn't actually have that the Colossus starts with just a big old health pool and then doesn't get any kind of shield or overshield until it holds up like a literal physical shield in front of it and can shoot around that and that kind of difference in how I played, like, I was definitely, like, just crashing through, like, slamming into the ground, absorbing a lot of hits, pu- pulling up that shield. It's completely different than the Ranger, which the Ranger just basically feels like the soldier class for bringing it back to Mass Effect. And I didn't get a chance to try out the different cl- the other different classes, but that part specifically really kind of set it up for me. I'm less sold on a lot of the writing and the character stuff when the chin the demo is not very good <laughs> and it's it's very much like half snarky like oh here's this big nerd character and you're supposed to find him not you're supposed to dunk on him i guess internally this seems to be like a kind of style of writing that i see more and more these days where it's just like here's this super annoying character and your character that barely speaks most of the time is just kind of like quietly 
poking fun at them and stuff like that, which I am not a super huge fan of that archetype. I don't know. How, how did you feel about the writing, Dylan? Did you feel any differently? Uh, I mean, it's definitely not. It, it wasn't super strong. I mean, a lot of it is obviously just like a snippet for the demo. Um, I'm curious how things will change when I actually get the backstory. Because, I mean, outside of the trailers... We know very little of what's actually happening, short of them, like, they're going after the Anthem. They're bad people. Right. The um, Anthem of Creation, which is a good name, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only the only real good piece of writing that I got out of it was them talking about how uh, reality isn't as stable as we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, that general concept kind of hooked me, but that was basically about it. The rest of it was seemed kind of willy-nilly. Well, at the end of the beta, too, or at the end of the second demo that they gave to the public there was that whole thing where they ended it by basically having a very fortnight like live event kind of thing happen where the sky is sort of lit on fire and rock monsters started falling out of nowhere so it was like kind of oh there's definitely some stuff going on here that is not just like bog standard sci-fi and if that's what they're calling a live event i'll be curious to see how fast they can iterate on that kind of new content because Mm -hmm. $60 games don't typically do that kind of stuff. I think we've seen a little bit of that with Destiny as they've gone into the annual pass stuff, but yeah. How about you, Merit? Have you followed this game at all? So, you know, I don't know. I was following it when we were first starting to hear about it, and I think like pretty much everyone else, I was like, oh, a Bioware game with no narrative focus and no romanceable characters that's just (laughs) about the gun parts. That sounds great because for me in the um, in Mass Effect and I you know I played through the Mass Effect series I played through a couple of Dragon Age games and like the the gun combat in Mass Effect up until three was like fun in so far as it was like contextualized by the narrative right mm. and if anything it's the weakest part of that game but like I think it's it makes sense in that context and. I will say, though, that I did really enjoy Mass Effect 3's um, multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. Did you play that? Uh, not a ton, but I know a bunch of people who did play got way into that. It was great. So, I mean, in ways it was kind of rudimentary um, compared to some of the stuff that um, was coming after it. But for people who never played it, it was basically just like um, it was a horde mode where you mm-hmm. and, like, three other people were fighting off waves of enemies, but you would have to earn class. It was class-based, um, and it definitely had the loot box element before that was even on a lot of people's radars, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember if I actually spent any money on it. I'm sure I did a little bit and then felt that hollowness that comes when you've opened uh, 20 crates or, like, <laughs> packs of cards or whatever, uh-huh. and you're just like, okay... Well, right. what it like the gambler's regret, um, and you still don't have your Asari commando. Exactly, <laughs> or or whoever it was that had those like plasma whips. That was cool. Um, oh, yeah. I think that was a Cerebus guy. But uh, so I'm curious, like, what does the game feel like? Like, does it it feel kind of like that? Like those kinds of, um, like that that style of like game feel, or is it completely different? It feels uh, like a little bit like uh, Mass Effect Andromeda did. Um, oh no! Like from what I've heard, <laughs> from what I've heard, that's like not good. Yeah, it's not great, but it's definitely that. Like that's probably why there was such a focus on the jetpacks in Andromeda. Mm. It was definitely like a testing ground for that kind of stuff, and a lot of the sounds are like straight up. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say lifted because it's just another Bioware game, but 
a lot of the sounds are very similar to the stuff that you heard in Andromeda. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely say it's closer to that, although it does retain that same, like, my character is really stiff and stuck in the center of the screen Mm. feeling that comes with all the Mass Effect games. You still have that a little bit. I wonder if that's different if you play, like, the Interceptor, which is, like, super agile. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the Ranger, yeah, I definitely got a lot of vibes from their old games where it still feels kind of rusty. And it's it's funny you say that because I actually did talk to a couple of people that I know who did get way way into that Mass Effect three multiplayer back in the day, and I heard from them that oh yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. This was this is huh. exactly this is at least from the encounter design, just like that. But also I can just at any time hit the left right sticks and then go boosting off and as a jet in a jetpack and find new cover and get to a different location. I mean, I also just really admire any game that just goes ahead and does a jetpack because I feel like every video game I play I'm like why isn't there a jetpack in this and like the ones that actually do it tend to just like wuss out and do like okay you can have a jetpack but for like this one segment of the game right um because it's hard to design around verticality like that um and and, speed for that matter and speed too yeah level I mean the the last huge I mean I'm probably wrong on this but like as far as I can remember the last like big multiplayer shooter that used jetpacks was the tribe series um and that that was like a staple of that and it was all about speed um yeah but for sure for the most part like you know there's games that do like some playing around with movement but that seems to be like the really big focus of this let me tell you about a game called warframe that i may (laughs) (laughs) that i may have 936 hours put into and they have jetpacks and they're great (laughs) um it's a good game. Uh, and actually, it's, it seems very similar to Anthem. Anthem definitely feels actually to me like a, like a more cleaned up, like, like a $60 package type version of Warframe. Whereas Warframe huh. has kind of hacked together a lot of its stuff over, God, the seven years that that game has been out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's kind of the, one of the big, very impressive things about Warframe is that they're always willing to just... Th- pick stuff up and throw it away and uh like there there were raids in warframe for years and like last year they just took the raids out because they were like we don't think these are fun we're gonna find something else to do for end game content that stuff is just gone now because we don't want our players to see the bad stuff anymore or like like it used to though they used to have wall running like a very specific kind of wall running and they took that out completely and replaced it with an entirely new movement system and they added jetpacks and they added open worlds and stuff like that but there, that is one of the things that worries me a little bit about Anthem is this is some, like, something that we have seen um, in a lot more free-to-play games, especially Fortnite. I think Fortnite is the, the gold standard for this. It's just that rapid, incredibly quick iteration on like new stuff all the time. Something isn't working, throw it out. Some, we like something for a little while, throw it, put it in, throw it out, bring it back later, and so on and so forth. Like, mm-hmm. Epic is in a very strange position in that way because they launched a free-to-play game that could, like, A, was ridiculously successful, like, obviously the biggest game in the world at the moment, and B, Epic is just a huge studio, so they just had, like, people power to throw at it for days. And so every week or so that game changes completely. And I think one of the things that actually ran in that Destiny, another loot-based game that I think Anthem, of of course, is kind of shooting to uh, take over a little bit, uh... The, one of the big problems that they ran into famously was that their engine was built in such a way that they could not rapidly iterate. It would take like 24 hours just to compile a new level and see if there were any bugs. And then if there was a bug, they would have to fix it, change it, 
start all over again, compile for another 24 hours, then come back and check in, check in again. And I think they maybe fixed some of that come Destiny 2, but I hope that Anthem is being built from the ground up with that sort of, like, change in mind and that, like, need to constant, constantly add new things because I think these days that's how you keep people's attention in a mm-hmm. live game like this. Like... The shooting is good. I, I enjoyed the shooting and I enjoyed the, the jetpacks <laughs> and stuff like that. The shooting is good. Mm-hmm. I can see that like on the box. Yes. <laughs> Bioware, get at me. Feel free to quote me anytime. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, that game is out soon. That game is out like in a week or something. What? Yeah. Yeah, the 14th. Oh my God. It's Valentine's wild. Day? Yeah. Or 15th, 15th, day after. Okay. Yeah, but it'll be, at, like, it'll be at like 10 p.m. Uh, oh yeah, it'll be on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day night. Yeah, Valentine's oh, yeah. night. That's, oh. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, and also, it is <laughs> coming very quickly after another massive <laughs> EA live game property with shooting and guns called Apex Legends. <laughs> that just kind of came out of nowhere, and that merit you have very strong feelings <laughs> about. Okay, I I don't want to be one of those people. You know those people on the internet who like have opinions about things, and they oh, haven't. Oh, those read the, people! <laughs> they haven't, you know, like literally everyone. No, the people who haven't read the article or looked at the thing, and they're just like, "I know what this is about." Uh-huh, but like, uh-huh. okay, I don't like. You were talking about how many hours you had on um, Warframe. Mm-hmm. Titanfall Two is probably the only online shooter that I have been into in the last like ten years. Um, wow! The la- like, I don't typically like them. But I, I got it because I think it was actually free on a PS Pro uh, mm-hmm. or um, like the online thing where they do free PS things Plus. sometimes. PS Plus, yeah. And um, so I, pl- I was playing through it and I was like, the single player campaign is incredible. It's like the best um, single player shooter campaign in... No arguments for me. A very long time. Yeah. Um, you're friends with a giant robot. And um, by the end of the game, you are, like, crying because of the giant robot. Um, and there's also grappling hooks and time travel. So, like, come on. But, and then I started getting into the multiplayer. And, like, the horde mode was really fun. And then I started playing just the straight-up competitive mode. And, like, that game is just, like, I mean, anyone who has heard of it before knows this is, none of this is new. It's, like, it was a critical darling. And it got sandwiched in between some awkward releases. It came out. Did it come out the same day as Battlefield? It was like the week before it was Call of Duty, and then the week after it yeah. was Battlefield. It Which was ridiculous, is criminal. And um, and the multiplayer in that game, like when you actually get the movement down, you are just firing a grappling hook to wall run to like double jump to mm-hmm. slide, and it's like so much fun. And then when you drop a Titan and like the feel of being in these like huge machines. It's like one of the few games I've seen that actually does that right. Um, and so then I, I hear, oh, uh, there's a Titanfall Battle Royale game coming out <laughs> next week. And I was like, oh my God, this might be get, get me back into like online gaming. And then I hear, oh, um, there's actually no Titans in this one. Um, and uh, there's no wall running. And uh, it's about <laughs> some characters. Things. It's about some characters like the famed guy I've never heard of. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're trying to sell us on these characters like their beloved properties. Um, and it's like, I- I'm trying to reserve judgment. I want to hear what people think of it. Like, because I've heard it's pretty fun. Um, but 
I don't know, like looking at it, my immediate reaction is like, this looks like Overwatch, but like grimy. And Mm -hmm. like they're going a little more cartoonish than Titanfall in the terms of the aesthetics. But like, I don't know for like a team based class shooter. I really want to like be able to see like, Oh, that's a roadhog because he's a big pig man. Like, I'm not looking at like what's his face or hair look like. Um, <laughs> we're like these characters; they're all kind of in armor. They're all just like sci-fi, like. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, have you guys played it yet? Yes, uh, I think we both of us have. Uh, Dylan, you said you'd played a little bit just before we started. Do you have any rebuttals to any of that? <laughs> any of those preconceived yeah. notions? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like. For, uh, for one note, I kind of really fell out of the, the shooter genre. Like, I, I used to be huge in Gears of War, Halo, Call of Duty every mm. single year. Like, mm-hmm. all I'm playing is multiplayer games. And then uh, I moved to California, like, after college and all that stuff, and that all just went by the wayside, and I had never really been into it. Like, Fortnite was the first thing that was probably close to grabbing my attention, and even then that was only for, like, four months. Which you've written about for the site before, about how, like... You love going through those battle passes, but don't necessarily even love the game that much. Yeah, exactly. And apparently Apex uh, Apex Legends is going to get a battle pass soon, too, because, you know, everyone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I, I felt more relaxed, but that could just be because I'm starting out. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of quirkiness to it. I do like how uh, you can only play in teams, but they've, they've uh, responses on a lot of things like... Um, there's a pick order for the classes, so you, mm-hmm. you can't have the same the same person more than once, which is nice. Gives it a little more personality. Um, I like how one person controls when you all drop, uh, although people can immediately split off on their own if they want. Mm-hmm. But it, it's nice to have that option because I'm the type of person who's not going to bother splitting off until the end. Um, I don't. I, I enjoyed that aspect aspect of it quite a bit. Um, I honestly didn't get to see a lot of action. Uh, like I said, I had like one 20 minute game and then a, a few shorter ones. Um, and overall didn't get to experience much of the actual gunplay short of like laying down some covering fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it felt it felt all right. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely open to getting attached to the characters. I think that's something that they could do well. Uh, that's one of the things that I think Fortnite lacks is that I, I, I really want to identify with the Fortnite mm. characters, but in the end they're just skins. Like right. I see I see the attitude in like some of the, the, the promotional art. I'm like, oh, I really like that character. And then you play it and it's like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, in so, Fortnite specifically, yeah, in Fortnite specifically. So I'm hopeful in in, in uh, Apex Legends. You get a little bit more of that, especially because the characters are voiced, actually say things out loud, that kind right. of stuff. Well, and even like the, I think the Overwatch comparison goes very deep here because like I even the some of the elements of the UI, like having your ultimate charge in as like an icon in the bottom center of the screen, is straight out of Overwatch. The uh, loot box animation is extremely Overwatch. The ability buttons, I think, some of them are even like mapped to the same thing. If you're playing with a controller, it's it, they're definitely they definitely know where they're stealing from here, and a lot of that actually does help in the part, like personality presentation aspect, I think, because uh, there are a lot of different kinds of unique cosmetics. Whereas, like an Overwatch will have like a somebody got played the game. Here's like a little animation that you can set custom for that character. They have very similar things where if you do a melee execution against somebody who is down but not out, that you can have custom melee executions for that. Or there are all across this island where the game takes place. There are these giant holographic banners that show different people, and those are customizable based on loot box drops and stuff like that. And and 
you, the characters have voice lines, like you said, and the characters are talking constantly because actually one of, <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest things I think about this game, even though it can get a little annoying at times, is they have this, they have a lot of accessibility options for both, I think for both speed reasons, like just convenience of being able to hit um, right bumper and like mark out, oh, hey, here's a gun. My character has a little voice line where they said, hey, here's there's a gun over here, so I don't have to use... Uh, voice chat if I don't want to but also there's a lot of cool stuff in there where they have like text to speech and, spe- and speech mm. to text like uh, if people type into the chat they have like they, they will like play the the robot voice telling you hey there's a gun over here or whatever um, and like even like audio tooltips on different things like so you don't have to read them and whatnot. It's which kind of seems like a very smart thing to me and ties into kind of m- some of my favorite aspects of the game which are like Here's a game that it's class-based. There's eight playable characters right now. Six are free. Two of them are paid currently. I'm sure they'll add way more over time. Uh, and of those eight, two of them are black women, which feels like such a direct, like, almost almost direct. I, mean, I can't speak for what they were actually thinking, what Respawn Entertainment was thinking, but feels like a very, like, it feels like a direct kind of fuck you to Blizzard, which is a company that has, for a long time, and we've had, you know, writing about this on the site before, not done that. There's not a single black mm-hmm. woman in Overwatch. So you have all these accessibility options. You have this, like, diverse cast. You have, like, kind of a more cartoonish look. I think it's a T for Teen game. It's free to play. All these different things that just make, like, open up this game to, I think, a kind of player that or, or to um, all kinds of different players that maybe definitely maybe couldn't ac- access even something as accessible as uh, Call of Duty Blackout, and it's a little bit more serious than something like Fortnite, which I appreciate too. Which all leads to the final conclusion with me here, which is that I love everything around this game. I still don't think I like battle royale as a genre. Mm. I still don't think I enjoy playing it um, that much. The gunplay feels like Titanfall. But it doesn't have that stuff in... Well, like, part of what I loved about Titanfall was was that interplay of, like, going into the mech, getting out again, you know, turning my mech on to sentry mode. Because I felt like that gave me the opportunity between the movement options and the extra health that a mech basically gave you. A Titan. Sorry. Gotta stay on brand. Um, <laughs> that sort of, like, interplay that you got between those two things allowed me to kind of like feel like I was making an impact and feel like I was able to survive longer than your very typical Call of Duty style time to kill like oh somebody saw me from behind I'm going to get shot and I'm going to die and Apex Legends has some stuff around that that I think is super neat and maybe I'll get more into it over time where people can your your squad mates can revive you at these one time use revival chambers basically that yeah like that looks kind of cool so, actually oh yeah it, it's super neat like it there's a lot of stuff in here that feels like oh we played a like we're we're respawn we played a lot of battle royale games yeah here's a ton of different wrinkles on the battle royale formula <laughs> like you can redeploy you can go to like a like these like air balloon stations that'll launch you up again and you can redeploy as your team but it's just yeah it's just it's the it's the idea of moving across this big map left and right and then somebody sees you from behind and shoots you to death and you maybe you can respond to it maybe you can't but at the end of the day, if you get wiped, you just get wiped. And that is the be-all, end-all. There is no... Like in Overwatch, there is no big greater objective that you can contribute to. It's, can you kill this person faster than they can kill you? And I just don't know if that's my... Yeah. I just don't know if that's for me. But, 
Uh, it seems very popular. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I think, 2.5 million players within the last 24 hours. Uh, which seems very impressive, considering it was, like, kind of a surprise drop, uh, kind of in the middle of the week. Not in the middle of the week, at the beginning of a week. Um, with a bunch of different big games kind of bookending it. Uh, one of which is Kingdom Hearts 3, which, Merritt, I think you yeah. are the only one among us who has played. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I say played. I am basically just kind of backseat um, played the entire game because I have never played any of them. Um, I am old enough to remember when the first one came out, and I was just like, wow, that is wild. But I was never a PlayStation kid, so, you know, I didn't. <laughs> and then somehow I missed out. I think because with, like, the DS ones and, like, the G- the Game Boy ones and all those, I was like, well, I probably need to have played the other ones to, like, understand these. Um, <laughs> and you were right. <laughs> and I, well, well, I yes and no. I don't know. Like, I feel like, so with three, I, I basically watched my roommate play it through start to finish. And um, I think it's the ideal kind of game to do that with because it's um, extremely it's totally ridiculous um i don't know if i would actually enjoy playing it because it seems like there's like a lot of kind of repetitive combat um but it was pretty wild like i um i don't know it was enjoyable and like i sort of i do resent that i know who xehanort is now and i know who xehanort is who ansem zemnis uh tara xehanort apprentice xehanort I'm so mad that I know because I would start like, you know, I'm the kind of person who like, I'll just immediately go to the wiki and be like, okay, well, what is this? Um, and then now, so I know the difference between a heartless and a nobody. Mm. I know like who the master like. There's a lot of stuff in that game, and it really feels like they're just like they kept. It's like a tower of blocks that they just kept adding things to, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, uh, I don't know. I guess um, he's he time traveled, and that's a different version of him. So. Uh, Okay, then another one, and um, it's just by by three. It seems like this like completely absurd edifice that is threatening to collapse at any second, but is like really fun and like fun in like a really stupid way. And and I don't know, like I'm sure if you were the kind of person who like played through all of them and like this is like you've been waiting for this for like twelve years, right. um, maybe you would have like really strong emotional um, (laughs) feelings about it. Although I imagine that waiting for that long, like my roommate's uh, response was like, well, I don't think, you know, nothing could have lived up to what I was waiting for like 10 years ago. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it was, I would recommend it as like a a watching someone play a game. Um, It does seem like, like there was a lot of stuff in it that, um, like, because also my roommate is, is he doesn't play a lot of AAA video games or like new video games, I'll say. Um, oh, sure. Okay. He plays a lot of mobile things. Um, and, uh, you know, he would get to things like the space sections and just be like, why do I have to do this? I just want to <laughs> do the next thing. And I'm like, well, well welcome to AAA video games where uh, everything is kind of like smashed full of mini games and stuff and collectibles and all these things because we have to justify the cost of like of this huge uh, product in order to recoup sale uh, to like recoup the cost of making it um and so he just basically didn't touch the space flight stuff right um and then when he finished the game he was like wait 30 percent completion i beat the game and i'm like <laughs> yeah i know that's achievements like please don't start looking at them because they will make you insane um but i don't know like i had fun with it um 
which it, I don't know. It feels weird to say like, oh, I enjoyed this game that I didn't play. <laughs> but like, no, I feel like I, I got that, the yeah. sense of it and I could have just like picked it up at any moment. And I, I might play through it at this point, but um, but it, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's Kingdom Hearts. Um, and I think this kind of game is like kind of unreviewable <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the sense that like either you are deeply into what it's bringing to the table or it's just like not for you at all and i think that has been determined like well in advance of your encounter with it yeah yeah i've not played any of them and it is not something that's even on my list of things to play and whatever you just said kind of confirmed it yeah i mean (laughs) you don't you don't want to these don't need to be taking up space in your brain um, I will say that I was really mad that there was a Pirates of the Caribbean world. Like, who cares in 2019? And also, like, Johnny Depp. Like, I don't think he's... A, I don't think they used his voice. I think it was someone else. Although right. I think they did use James Woods' voice for Hades they and did. Hercules. They sure did. Was that... Were those old voice clips? Uh, nope, that's new stuff. That's, cool, as far as cool, I know. great. Uh-huh. I'm glad James well, Woods has a job. That's great. I, I say new when I say new, I mean those are new to this game. But they were also probably recorded is... like ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and the Pirates of the Caribbean world, um, everyone becomes slightly more realistic, mm-hmm. so you really get to see every oh, individual no. feather on Donald. No, uh, which is bad. <laughs> it's not no! great. You get I there's so it. many pores. Ah, and Sora should not have pores. I know. I don't. Oh no! I didn't even think about that because yeah, they change every world that they go to. So of course, when they went to, oh no! Yeah, and um, yeah. Also, there's a tangled world, which I was just like, wait, what? Who ca-? did? I, and appa- I looked it up and was like, apparently that movie did really well. Yeah, and like yeah. I had just like never. Like, I just totally missed it. I was mad that there wasn't, like, a Moana or anything, but I'm guessing oh, that yeah. that came out way too late for them to add it. But, like... That, that's kind of the weird thing to me about a lot of the Disney World stuff is that I've heard, I've heard this a very similar kind of uh, discussion about that, which Tangled is a perfectly fine Disney movie, actually. Like, I'm not even somebody who watches a lot of Disney movies, but also this game has been in developments for so long, and I've seen people met and, like talk about, like, wow, the Hercules model in here looks like the Hercules model from the PS2 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He looks a like a bit. Hercules action figure. Um, um, so, yeah, I guess in conclusion, uh, that this game made me think about what would happen if Rapunzel was dragging around her hair through Swamp for, like, several hours and mm-hmm. i didn't like it very much it's a good image that's it she suddenly starts looking like a pirates of the caribbean character. and i'm really mad that sora donald and goofy didn't get really long hair when they went into that world oh right that was a missed what, opportunity what do they look like in that they look normal some of them they just look normal oh um yeah that one they look normal i think big hero six they look normal go big or go home i know square no right I will say this about the, uh, I mean, obviously this is like the, uh, probably the most rote thing to talk about with like a Kingdom Hearts discussion, but the story being as complicated as it is, I do wonder if, if to some degree, like how much of that is the fact that this is like, the, I mean, I played the original Kingdom Hearts, I played Chain of Memories, which was the GBA game that takes place between one and two, and then I played two, back when I was a young person, uh, when I was a kid, and I enjoyed them and stuff like that, and I... I know they've gotten ridiculous and over the top with the story stuff over time, but I do wonder to a certain degree how much of that is like just our preconceived notions of like, well, these were for children and how much of that is also like the, 
And not that I'm going to defend Tetsuya Nomura's uh, character designs as good in any context. <laughs> he doesn't know how to make hair that isn't triangles. <laughs> yes. He doesn't know how to make clothes that isn't just zippers. But uh, it's it's very much like... I, I do wonder sometimes, as somebody who is a huge fan of Marvel Comics, and the incredibly insane, complicated... Mm-hmm. like. At one point, is just a nobody is just like the same thing as Madeline Pryor because she's a clone of Jean Grey after Jean Grey died, and and Jean Gravy is also the the Phoenix. But sorry, wait, did you say Jean Gravy? Jean Gravy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Jean Gravy in the new Mm -hmm. food-oriented Marvel universe. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just like Spider Ham, Jean Gravy. (laughs) (laughs) You make them into whole meal. Yeah. Um, but that stuff is so ridiculous and over the top, and yet I could tell you basically the entire arc of the last yeah. 70 years of Marvel Comics. Yeah. And so I do, I do wonder sometimes if how much of our, like, not, not this group necessarily, but like our cultural sort of like impetus to make fun of these games is the fact that like, oh, well, it's, it's weird and overcomplicated, but also it's weird and overcomplicated in, in this very JRPG japanese way. And like, well, it's Japanese, so it's weird and it doesn't make any sense, so let's dismiss it. Mm. Whereas a lot of our own, like, Western storytelling, I mean, Marvel Cinematic Universe is one of the biggest things in the world right now. Like, I Star mean, Wars is getting to be yeah, that way, too. I, I will agree that I think that that is at work. For me, I will say that, like, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just, like, fucking bananas. And, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I also don't follow comics for the reason that I guess I didn't follow Kingdom Hearts. I don't know, because it's just, like, I don't, like, need a continuing canon that's been going on for, like, you know, 50 years. I would rather right. have, like, a good self-contained story. Um but yeah, I mean, there is cert- to some extent I think that is probably going on of like, oh, it's wacky. Who knows what's happening? Blah blah blah. Um, right. But also, if you like compare it to like a Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy games like okay, they're maybe a little like over the top, but they basically have like a through arc of like, here's what's happening. Right. Um, and Kingdom Hearts, I think moon, it's just the eh. fact that it's been spread out over so many titles and so many years, and then it's just like. Like I said, this tower of things that they've just been adding to that. Yeah, it's kind of like Western comics now. And it's like almost, um, you know, inscrutable to like anyone who hasn't been involved for a long time. Right. And, and, and yeah, don't get me wrong. A, a lot of this is self-inflicted on their part. Like the naming conventions of those games, Kingdom Hearts 358 slash two days is not something anybody should ever say out loud no, into it's, a it microphone. Makes, okay, it makes perfect sense because it's about 358 days and it's <laughs> two people. That's very straightforward. And Dream Drop Distance refers to... Um, 3DS. Three, exactly. <laughs> um, wait a second. Can we? Speaking of names, can we do, talk about Nording? Oh my god. Yes. So, um, <laughs> that was, that was uh, not an enthusiastic yes. Um, so I guess... Context, like, okay, so I'm. Let me explain this in like the least, just completely ridiculous way possible. Okay, short version. There's a character named Xehanort in Kingdom Hearts. He's like kind of the main antagonist. Previously like voiced a, by Leonard Nimoy. He's a nasty old man, um, and now voiced by um, what's his name? Fucking right. 
Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't ask if we were swearing or not. Um, oh, we can fucking swear. I, I already said it earlier. <laughs> okay, cool. He's voiced by, I think, Rutger Hauer now? Yes. Yes, he is. Yep. yep Which yep. is wild. <laughs> like, we saw the credits and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but, the hobo uh, with yeah. a shotgun himself. Yep. So, uh, Xehanort is a guy who wants to... It's complicated. And I think He's maybe Voldemort. even... He's basically kind of Voldemort, um, although less like white supremacist and more like nihilist, I guess. Um, but he has a thing where he's like, I need 13 of me. And he's just like making copies of himself and cha- like, possessing people. And when that happens, their name becomes their name, but like with an accent on and, um, and all scrambled. All the other is, and all scrambled. Yeah. So, so Axel, who is a character, his original name is Lee. Um, and, uh, so, like, there's Xemnas, who is originally Ansem, but not Ansem the Wise, who is a different character. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> um, so basically, you know, you can, if you want to find your Organization 13 name, which is, like, your Shadow Council, you wear, like, a cool coat with a hood where the zippers might not actually open the whole way, um, and you have an X in your name, but unfortunately for me, I have too many consonants, so my name does not really work. Um, but what do you guys got? Let me open up the organization 13 name generator. Um, but I'm pretty sure it just randomizes it and puts in an X. So, um, so that isn't great. I did. I used that, uh, like last, I've, I've gone through it a bunch of times since, uh, but I did use it last week once. And the first time I put my name in, it literally just said X Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, how about Vexent? Vexent I can get down with. Vexent. I can get into. (laughs) And, uh, how about, let's see what it gives me. Dialinks? That's nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Hey, Organization 13 Name Generator? That's not a thing. <laughs> I do appreciate that the if you put in Sora, it always returns Roxas, which is his canonical. Oh, that's nice. Nobody. <laughs> uh, Dylan, I think you might have the same problem that I do. I get some weird ones. Oil I, I, I had no clue what you guys were talking about earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> oh That's Nording. Uh, Nording isn't like some kind of horrific thing that uh, teens are doing. It's uh, just putting an X in your name and pretending Nording you get to vaping, wear a yeah. cool coat. Yeah, Nording. Oh, my God. I saw a story about a guy whose vape pen exploded in his face hmm. and killed him. So Killed him? Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck are people doing? I don't know. I don't know. He's jacking up the ohms too high. I don't know. I don't want to make a joke. I was going to say, that. is, that o- is that oming? Yeah, that's yeah, that's not good. But that's awful. Yeah, I don't know vaping. Anyway, Dylan, I'm <laughs> sorry. Hearts, it's just like vaping. But Nolix Nilad <laughs> is, I think, the best we're going to get. So um, oh, let's move on. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, as far as other stuff, I, I've been playing. I put about 150 hours in the last couple of weeks into Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on Switch. Uh, because I am broken inside. Oh no! Um, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> we can move on to news. Okay. Uh, which actually, I think we kind of like covered most of the big news that happened. Uh, uh, Apex Legends is out. Anthem demo. Some interesting stuff around Apex Legends. I definitely think like this is the kind of the big news that came out of this was that they were previously we knew that uh, Respawn Entertainment, the people who made Apex Legends and Titanfall, Titanfall Two. They were working on a Titanfall 3, 
and as of late last year, and then they have canceled it in favor of Apex Legends. Um, and that is a huge bummer. <laughs> I, I think you uh, can out see of all my this. face right now. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry. Uh, also, I I'm a, I agree with you. I think that was, I think that's really rough because Titanfall Two has some of the coolest like first person shooter level design ever. Um, I will say though, I get why it happened because like Titanfall Two did not do very well commercially, did it? No, no, it did so not. So yeah. it's like this is I mean, the this is the hell too. world we live in. Um, right. And it doesn't matter how good it was if it didn't sell. Unfortunately. Well, if you want to hear the the really, this is not based on in any inside baseball. I know I don't know anything about this being true or not, but like the conspiracy theory around this at the time was that EA put it between the two other biggest established brands for first person shooters, Call of Duty and Battlefield, of the year, and that was a year that Battlefield One sold very well. Um, they did that so that it would fail intentionally so that they could then swoop in and buy Respawn Entertainment, which did happen very shortly after that. That is the, that is I the... believe that a hundred percent sight unseen. Uh... This is the only conspiracy theory that I believe in. <laughs> I am an EA truther. Uh huh. I, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to put uh, too much uh, evil on a company Evil EA. Uh, whatever, I fuck them. <laughs> I kind of give a shit. EA sucks. The E like, stands for suck. evil. Yeah, evil We've been arts. missing it all along. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's Electronic Arts? Uh, nobody name. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, I am actually doing it. <laughs> Did EA get norted? EA got norted. EA <laughs> got norted. That's the sentence. Uh, it just doesn't want to do. Oh no! Wait, X Rakran. It sounds like the name of like it's like an unpronounceable dread god, which is fitting. Uh huh. The angle of the podcast, by the way. Yeah. This yeah. Episode EA got ordered. Yes. There you go. <laughs> oh, we got it. Uh, we did it. We did it, folks. Um, but I will say though, the one interesting thing that kind of came out of this today too is that. I don't know how much this is just like people say, seeing the response to Apex Legends and seeing that apparently it's very successful and very popular so far. So maybe they uh, they just suddenly have a lot more leeway than they had before. But uh, Vince Sampella, I have a link in the show notes here to the tweet, did say that there are plans to do more Titanfall. Yes, I said the T word. We love being able to experiment in this crazy universe. Uh, and then there was another tweet later on from somebody at EA that said like more Titanfall type stuff later this year even uh, so, so I don't think so yeah like here's the thing I guess like I just why is it a Titanfall IP I don't right. understand because to me th- I could tell you nothing about like who the factions are in Titanfall like I played s- the single player campaign and like hours and hours dozens of hours hundreds of hours of the multiplayer mm-hmm. and um i can tell you the names of the titans but like <laughs> that what is what the plot is like what like the the factions are what the world is like i i don't know that's not that wasn't the best part of it it didn't need those things it was just the level design was great and like the feel of it was great and to some extent like and the character interactions between the titan and the main character were great so like if this game hadn't been announced as a titanfall game i feel like the reception to it would have been you wouldn't have people like being 
upset. And obviously I understand like that's how game work. Uh, that's how mafia works. Like you have to <laughs> tie it to IP. Um, uh-huh. But it just seems very strange when they're like, oh, we're excited to play in this universe. And like, what universe? I well, don't well, but also it's not like the game is called Titanfall Legends, right? No, it's that's true. Apex yeah. Legends. So like the IP connection almost to me seems more like at, at a certain point, I feel like at the uh, shared universe type stuff and like building those brands out and stuff like that almost becomes like a marketing ploy unto itself. Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah, like yeah. The only the only connection I really saw was the the robot with the smiley face on his. Oh chest. yeah, yeah. That's he's it. like a specter or whatever they're called in that universe. Well, the Apex is is a faction in Titanfall Two. Yeah, they're the bad guys. They're like the bad mil- oh. mercenary company. All, the only well, faction I, mean, I, I remember is like that drunk guy, who uh, <laughs> you just work. Because, yeah, the, the thing about the factions in 2 was, like, your faction leader would always drop you in when you dropped into a battle. Mm-hmm. And, like, there'd be a guy who just was constantly drinking whiskey and, like, fell over and was like, okay, go do it. Go do good. <laughs> uh, and that was really fun. But I don't remember what his faction was. Well, and actually... Oh, sorry, go ahead. There's the good guys, the bad guys, and then the robots, and that's all I remember. <laughs> well, and there's, actually, there is some interesting stuff in the in the lore of Titanfall. Read uh, the lore bible for Titanfall. <laughs> like, I actually do, if you do pay attention to that stuff at all, I don't think it's particularly well presented, which I think this is also a thing that many different games these days, as they try to do these more shared universe, more of these deep lore type things, Destiny 2, and Destiny 1 for that matter, are super emblematic of this of having very interesting lore bibles if you are willing to put in the work and the effort to go find that stuff but very poor storytelling and just either whether that's like because of a lack of interest or of a lack of resources or a lack of skill like to be perfectly honest like storytelling and story are not the same thing right they're very different skill sets um but like the Titanfall universe is basically, and this game takes place 30 years after Titanfall 2, so who knows? They're all playing on the running man in this game, so, like, who knows? But in Titanfall 1 and 2, it's very much, it's like anti-imperialism with mechs. It's it's the, hey, here's a bunch of people living on the frontier, kind of trying to live their lives, and the big uh, corporations are basically trying to move in and make them all kind of, like, subservient to their sort of socioeconomic systems and then at the end of Titanfall 1 you blow them up and you blow up their like supply depot or whatever their jump gate that allows them to get there and say and they say like oh yeah it's going to take them 75 years to send out reinforcements uh because of the way that space travel works in our universe and that's like super cool to me that's like some legend of the galactic heroes style like uh we have to think about like the the nature of space tactics and how mm. it affects like the socioeconomic ramifications but also the actual characters that you're talking to, with the exception of BT, who I will defend with my life, are just super boring. Like, there's just no personality to them a whatsoever. Of, a lot of generic white men. Yes. The, Which definitely does not help. The The name of your main character in T- Titanfall 2 is like Jack Cooper or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Good old Jack Cooper. Oh, yeah. my God. Seriously, that's a Tom Clancy. That's just nothing. <laughs> they don't even have the rights to the Tom Clancy. That's like, nothing. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, my God. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen his face because he's you're playing as him and he's wearing a helmet. Yeah. Maybe you see him at the ending. But I just went to his wiki page and he just looks like a like discount Gordon Freeman. <laughs> he looks like Gordon Freeman took off his glasses and someone was like, Doctor, you're beautiful. And we only realize now. Uh, uh, yep. Yep. Titanfall. 
But BT, yeah, BT is a good character, though. BT's awesome. When he does the thumbs up, he finally figures out how to do it. Mm. Yeah. Love that guy. Uh, yeah. So Apex Legends. Uh, it's just some interesting stuff around there. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that over time and seeing kind of what they managed to do with it. See if they tie it more deeply into the Titanfall mechanics that we love so much. Because there is some talk about it. Um I think we we mostly went over the anthem demo. I don't I don't think there much else happened this last week or two. There was a it was a really really big news week for like a month, and now kind of this right like unless we want to talk about people losing their jobs, which is always fun. Uh, it's just happening all over the place. But uh, wait, uh, you know, Vice and everything like that got hit with some problems, and Waypoint it sounds like is is uh, going to be okay. But uh, God, geez. yeah, okay, and like. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Capitalism. Yep. It's, yeah, it's like. <sighs> so, what if we got a bunch of. Hear me out. What if we got a bunch of giant robots and learned, taught ourselves how to wall run, and then we could fight back against the imperialist oppressors? <laughs> wall running does seem key. But, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's it's awful. Um, and it's heartening that um, more unions are springing up right. um, mm-hmm. in media companies. And I guess it's just good to remember that, uh, you know, your boss isn't uh, doing you a favor by hiring you. If anything, you're doing them a favor because uh, the definition of capitalism is that you continue to be hired until you are no longer generating enough surplus Mm -hmm. for your boss. So, uh, yeah, just something fun to remember. Just, you know, fun fact. Whatever their arbitrary definition of enough surplus is. Right, yeah. And, oh, it's weird that that happens to keep going on. Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say about Patreon. Like, yep. (laughs) Did you see that? Did you see that part of the... mm, mm, Patreon today. Mm. So, like, yeah, Patreon kind of put out a thing where they were talking today about, like, how they were... They were... uh, This ties very directly into what you were just saying, Merritt. They were putting out something today about how they're going to need to start, like, rethinking what they're going to do to get more... Extract more value out of the people who are using their platform. Um, (laughs) And the phrasing on the thing... I don't have it right in front of me, but the phrasing on on their thing was, like... (sighs) Our very generous ninety percent, like like give like the amount the ninety percent revenue we give to the Patreon people. It's like, <laughs> Patreon, you don't make anything. They make you, they pay you ten percent of what they make. Yeah, you are a capitalist. That you have stuff, and you are letting people use the stuff, and that creates value. Mm-hmm. And then you are taking the value. You are not rec- merely recouping your costs. You are making money off of mm-hmm. people who are using your platform. That's buck wild. I will say that I was using them for a very long time and as of pretty oh, yeah. recently I am not. Um not especially for any personal reasons regarding to them, but we just um we um shut down the project that was using Patreon. Mm-hmm. But wow, yeah. So uh <coughs> Wow, yikes like literally all patreon offers is basically the convenience of giving lots of people a shared a place to put their credit card information <laughs> so that they yeah. can the support I a mean, bunch of different I mean and people. you know they have server costs and stuff and like I suppose yeah that would you know a patreon that was run that was basically socialized and some, well I mean if we we get to the point where we're talking about just oh just actually have insurance or a universal basic income but mm-hmm. even just like a, a patreon that was like collectively run that was um where the purpose was to like recoup the income and uh, or to recoup the costs and to, you know, 
hire people to do it. Um, that would be a very different kind of situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a huge bummer, too, because I think, like, conceptually, some of the things that Patreon, like, some of the concepts that Patreon has opened up people to understanding better and, like, the idea of going back to subscription-based models to consume, like, consume content. God, now I'm a capitalist. <laughs> Uh, but, but like opening people up to that kind of thing, like it, it is a thing that we kind of lost with the death of, uh, video, like that is not just video games, but like any, any kind of like subscription magazine or subscription newspaper or whatever is you basically, you sold the thing on a subscription basis, whether that was a formal cons- subscription in the form of like you pay, you sent them a check every month or in the sense that you would just buy the same magazine or the same thing every week or every day from the grocery store or whatever, it was still functionally the same. Uh, and what you bought it for typically was for the cover story. And then because you had already put value into that thing, you would then say, well, I might as well get my money's worth out of this and read a lot of the different stories and things in here. Smaller things that wouldn't necessarily be cover stories, but stories and information that deserve to be told to people and, or were interesting enough that they should have articles about them. Whereas now, because it has been for the so long such an ad-driven model and stuff like that, it is such a click-driven model that only the biggest stories and only the biggest ideas can ever hit. Mm-hmm. And we, there's been this such a move away from being able to tell those small stories. I mean, this is something you and I, Merritt, run into every single day at work of like trying to decide, well, is this is this article... This article is interesting. This story idea is interesting, but is it interesting enough to be an article because every single one of them has to hit they have to be worth the amount of money because right. we're paying the same amount uh, for them and it's just the fact that Patreon a company that is opening people up back up to this idea that like hey you pay an amount of money and you, in exchange for the trust that the people that you are interested in and the, and the creators that you like will continue to create more content that you like that is super cool. I just there just needs to be a better way that doesn't require them to be like a publicly traded company that is actually more interested and more beholden to stockholders and whatnot than than the people. <sighs> yeah. So if yeah. It, that didn't tell anybody who's listening to the show what kind of show this is going to be going forward, <laughs> uh, we uh, yeah uh, other news stuff. Uh, we're kind of uh, running pretty long here. Uh, the last kind of news story I have written down on the uh, uh, show notes here is Final Fantasy XIV details um, came out. Final Fantasy XIV expansion details came out uh, over the weekend, and I just wanted to bring it up because I stayed up till 5 a.m. Uh, writing about it, and I want to justify that sunk cost uh, because it was the announcement was held in Paris that week, uh, so the time schedule was all the way off, but uh, I don't know. Uh, either of you guys big? Not even just Final Fantasy XIV, but Final Fantasy fans in general? Uh, you know, I don't know that I have ever finished an entire Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I will say I have played Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I think I played the first like dozen hours or so of it, um, like a year and a half ago. I think I started playing it actually after I watched Dad of Light, which was um, oh, right. which was that that Netflix show um, about that kid who tries to reconnect with his father by uh, getting him hooked on an MMO and basically catfishing him uh, as like someone else. And then he reveals that he's his son, um, which it's a very fun show. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Like I'm not really an MMO person, um, but 
a lot of my friends are into 14 and it seems like if I were going to play one, that would be it. And I enjoyed the time that I spent with it for sure. Dylan? Yeah, um, I haven't played 14, uh, although I did get a free starter code with Switch Prime. Right, yeah. Uh, Buy Twitch Prime, yeah, sponsor us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Get at me. Uh, but yeah, no, I haven't played that. Um, uh, I'll be honest, like I, I was pretty young when Seven came out, so like I've seen a bunch of Seven, but I don't remember anything really about it. Um, the only Final Fantasy games I've played from start to finish are Thirteen and Thirteen Two. Oh, um, really? And then I waited until like two years ago to try to play Thirteen Three, and that was a mistake. Oh yeah, why? Those games don't age well at all. Oh. Um, those games don't feel great uh, in the slightest. They feel so old. Um, but yeah, no, I, I played those and I enjoyed those. And uh, the MMO has been on my list for a while to check out. So maybe I'll finally check it out now that I have the starter version. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I've always liked the ideas of MMOs. Uh, but the only ones I've ever really gotten into were RuneScape back in the day. <laughs> um, and Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so sure. I, I, I never really got into WoW. Um, I, I, try, I dabbled in Terra for a bit. Um, there's a whole bunch of MMOs I want to play. Like, I want to play... Uh, oh, God, what's... I, I wanted to try Black Desert Online, though I heard that's monetization hell. Right, yep. Um, and uh, Guild Wars... Well, not Guild Wars. Is it Guild Wars? Guild Wars 2, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also been on my list. So there's a whole bunch of them, because I'm big into game worlds, and MMOs are big on the whole you know world part of it. Oh, for sure. So... Uh, so it sounds like uh, with my about roughly 300 hours played in Final Fantasy XIV, I'm probably <laughs> the biggest fan of the game here. Uh, no, it's, a, it's just it's pretty uh, basic stuff. It's it's a new expansion and whatnot. But the one thing I would say, the reason I specifically asked if uh, either of you guys were more general Final Fantasy fans is that Final Fantasy XIV is really good as like a Final Fantasy greatest hits compilation. Mm. Um, and one of the things that they actually announced was that the bunny people, the Viera from Final Fantasy XII, will be playable in it. Which I see, I have in my show notes, and then somebody in parentheses, I've I've written sexy murder bunny ladies, and then somebody has added in parentheses, boys also, hopefully. <laughs> which, <laughs> it's honestly same though. I mean, like, <laughs> like okay. every day of my life. I mean, we all love the sexy murder bunny ladies, right? Like, that's uh-huh. just, we all do. But that's, that's but- the law. Or yes, and um, <laughs> the way that fourteen does its uh, character models, as far as I can tell, is like that the male version is always just like taller and buffer, um, even if only slightly so. And mm-hmm. I think it'll be a real shame if like the male Viera are just like if they do them, which like it would be kind of weird if they didn't. But uh, if they just made them like tall, muscular with like little bunny ears, it would be kind of funny. But I think they should just also be like very small and dressed the same because absolutely. Like, come on, give come me on. my androgynous bunny boys now, Square Enix, you <laughs> cowards. Speaking of, you have that. There's also a near automata crossover. Yes, there is also that. There is so a little bit of background to this, just real quick, is that. The previous expansion for Final Fantasy XIV had a raid in it called an Alliance raid called Return to Ivalice, which was like, wait, what? <laughs> Ivalice is the Final Fantasy Tactics slash Final Fantasy XII mm-hmm. universe. 
and that is not where that universe that like that is not where 14 takes place it does not take place in that universe so there's was a lot of people being like wait how is this working and then they started getting way into like alternate universe stuff and parallel dimensions and parallel versions of the characters you are playing as are become <laughs> villains it's starting to sound like kingdom hearts <laughs> so okay uh in the raid you turn into a nobody um <laughs> And, but yeah, no, uh, and then actually Fran from Final Fantasy XII does show up, and that was kind of when they first really teased, oh, VR are coming to this game. Um, and the one that they announced over the weekend is that there is going to be a crossover with um, Nier Automata called Yorha Dark Apocalypse, and the promo art for it is just straight up, like, key art from Nier Automata. They're not even, mm-hmm. like, trying to make it look Final Fantasy-esque, uh, which is pretty wild. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of Nier Automata myself, so I am uh, very excited for that. They had a really, really cute video package with Yoko Taro and Yosuke Saito from uh, Nier Automata, two of the developers of Nier Automata, uh, where uh, Yosuke Saito is asking Yoko Taro uh, things like, oh, you say you're a, a Final Fantasy fan, and he's like, yes, I am. It's like, what was the last one you played? And he says, 12. And Saito's like, oh, actually, that's way more uh, recent than I was thinking. Uh, what was the one you played before that? And then Yoko Taro's like, Two, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just a very. It's just a very cute little thing that they're uh, with those people. Like definitely, Yokotaro has become kind of. I think in a lot of people's hearts and minds right now, like the modern day Hideo Kojima as t- far as like auteur video game developers. Despite the fact that he is very much publicly stated, like nah, everybody else works on these games way more than I do. <laughs> Uh, but seeing more of his stuff appear in a Final Fantasy game uh, gives me is both interesting to me, A, because I want to see more of the Nier Automata universe, and I want to see more of that kind of those kinds of characters, and B, because the, the, a long-running kind of meme ever since uh, Nier Automata happened out is that people would really love to see what would happen if Yoko Taro created a Final Fantasy game. Uh, if he just, like, was the lead designer on, or the lead director on Final Fantasy sixteen or something. Mm. And if this is them ramping up to something like this, or even if this is as close as we ever get to Yoko Taro's spin on Final Fantasy, I will be extremely interested to see that. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, July, that comes out on July 2nd with uh, early access on June 28th, if anybody is interested in that. Um... Sexy bunny boys catch them later this year. Catch them all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think that's I think that's probably it for news then. Unless anybody else has something they want to specifically that's all point the news. out. That's all the news that's fit to print yeah, or speak speak about. We don't really do news on the site, so we got to get it out here. Um. Oh, sorry. I think I'm, if that's the case, I think I'm ready to move on to listener mail, uh, which, this being our first publicly posted podcast, you would think we wouldn't have any listener mail, but one, uh, I don't know, some kid called John Warren, John W, uh, the, oh, I'm sorry, I, oops, I, I put in their last name, <laughs> uh, we'll they were meant that. to be that's anonymous, fine. yeah, I'll bleep it out, it's fine, um, long time, it says, long time, first time, MFK Sora Donald Goofy, thanks. Okay. Okay, Which Barrett, but yeah. I I will say that I posted a version of this question on Twitter, and I, uh, I replaced Sora with Mickey because Sora is a child. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, how old is he in Kingdom Hearts Three? He's a child at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts. I don't 1. know. Everyone looks like sixteen. Uh, how how old is Sora in Kingdom Hearts Three? Uh, he so is. We have to, what, 
He is okay. Wait, there's a whole fucking like. <laughs> oh my god, He's Jesus slow, Christ! There's like a whole 20, article. Also <laughs> uh, okay, so there's like a time jump between. One there's a whole sure. article on. <laughs> IGN about this. At the oh most, God. he could be 17, but he's okay. probably 16. So let's get Sora out of the picture. Right, um, let's murder him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's killed by default. Because that's, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. The, the Mickey Donald Goofy thing got some really interesting and by I mean interest. By interesting, I mean interesting um, replies on Twitter last week when I posted that. Um, I don't know. Real quick, I'm just saying kill Mickey because who wouldn't kill Mickey Mouse given the chance? Mm-hmm, uh, Mary mm-hmm. Donald and fuck Goofy. Like, that's just me. But people presented compelling cases for the others. Right. I don't know. That sounds about right to me, though. You, uh, like, you know, Donald is the court magician in that universe. So, you know, he's got the longest running, like, you know, career prospects. And, he has uh, a job. Goofy. Yeah. And he's, he may inherit a lot of money. Right, From yeah. Uncle Scrooge. He's a skilled so. laborer. Magicians don't get that way without studying. Yeah. Um, and Goofy is dumb but hot. So, you know, you definitely yeah, exactly. want to fuck him. Also, yeah. Goofy doesn't have a wife. In, I guess in the main universe, Goofy doesn't have a... Well, wait, Goofy never has a wife. She's, they just, never address who uh, Max's mother is in the entire true. Goof below. Yeah. Also, where is Max in Kingdom Hearts? Exactly. Sora is Goofy's son now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more okay with Goofy if I replace my visual image of him <laughs> with with that character from Bendy and the Ink Machine that looks like Goofy, oh, but it's definitely not Goofy. That, what if that it's weird... the monster Goofy from Monsters, Inc. World? Okay, <laughs> okay. Now we're talking. That, when I saw that, I like. I feel like I wanted to turn inside out. Like no, That's my... a different movie. That's a different dream world. <laughs> that is. Also, why wasn't there an Inside Out world? No, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I had forgotten about that because they announced that, like, what, like, last year or something? And then when I saw it in the actual world, I was like, well, I just have to go die now. Like, this is... I can't live in a world where this exists. Uh well, that is probably going to do it for us this week, um, just like we did, Goofy. And uh, I want to thank everybody for sitting in and listening to this episode of the FanWith Podcast. Uh, you can find us at fanbyte.com, despite the fact that the, our show is called FanWith, the name of the website where you will find most of our content, our video, our audio, if you are not listening to us directly from iTunes or something similar, is fanbyte.com. You can find guides, very fascinating articles. There was a lot of really great stuff on the site, to, just today even. There was a, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, there was an article that I think all of us can agree is the mm, just a masterpiece called What If Kingdom Hearts is DreamWorks? <laughs> Featuring a very fantastic Photoshop from that freelancer that we use today, John W. Um, uh, there was some other really cool stuff up there. We go, we'll have some Apex coverage going forward. We'll have some uh, other video stuff that you can find for us. Uh, does anybody want to uh, tell the world where they can find them outside of Fanbyte on something like social media? Dylan. Oh yeah, okay, okay, I'll go first. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, you will, Dylan. <laughs> I've spoken. Uh, you mostly find me on Twitter. I'm at uh, at skivington underscore. And Merritt. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Merritt K on on Twitter. Um, that's basically where I live. Oh God, I feel so. so- I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can find Steven on Pinterest. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, where I post all my favorite recipes. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Steven Strum. That's S-T-R-O-M for the last one. And Steven with a V, not with a P-H. All those, all you Stevens with P-H's out there can fucking fight me. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. I don't have an outro sign-off, so we'll come and think of that next time keep keep gaming keep gaming gamers keep gaming gamers. wait what wait what do we actually start next week with the outro <laughs> keep gaming gamers oh god bye <laughs>